Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is Dr. John Bergman for your Health Minute. Uh, actually, this is going to be the Health 30 Minutes. Now, we're going to cover cholesterol. In fact, listening to this show today, you are going to be the definitive expert on cholesterol because what is cholesterol? First, when you hear about um, good cholesterol or bad cholesterol, uh, and neither one is good or bad, they both have a function. So there's appropriate cholesterol and appropriate cholesterol. Let's divide it into really basic stuff. We're just going to look at HDL or high-density lipoprotein and low-density lipoprotein. Now, uh, so, but the HDL is considered good cholesterol and the LDL is considered bad cholesterol. And neither one are good nor bad. They have a function. But what cholesterol is, it's made up of cholesterol, triglycerides, phospholipids, and protein. And I'm going to have a chart that explains that both HDL and LDL are composed of the same materials, but in different forms or ratios. And in fact, LDL is used for hormone production and tissue repair, where HDL takes that complex molecule of cholesterol back into the liver for storage. Now, one out of four Americans, 25% of Americans over 55 are on a cholesterol-lowering drug. They're called statins. Now, you got some psychotic doctors out there that are saying you should put this drug into the water supplies, it should be handed out to fast food companies. Uh, it's crazy. Now, there's a number of different types of LDL. There's VLDL, which is very low-density lipoprotein. Uh, there's uh, intermediate-density lipoprotein. Uh, there's high-density lipoprotein, so there's a lot of different functions. But realize the function of low-density lipoprotein is to deliver cholesterol to cells where it's used in cell membranes and it's for synthesis of steroid hormones. HDL brings it back um, to the liver for storage. So that what the cholesterol actually is, it's a critical component of cell membranes. It serves as a brain antioxidant, so it's vital to brain function. It's the raw material from which your body manufactures vitamin D, cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. I mean, it's literally life-saving. Now, according to the Journal of Neurology, uh, 2014, increasing LDL, uh, low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, uh, tended to be associated with a decreased frequency of cerebral ve- small vessel disease. That means that more um, more LDL, or what's called the, the bad cholesterol, is actually better for you. Here's the key. Increasing triglycerides, but not the other lipid fractions, were associated with um, a worse outcome of small vessel disease in older patients. And so let's look at this this ratio because remember cholesterol is composed or LDL cholesterol and HDL of triglycerides, cholesterol, phospholipids and protein. So what is this? What's the difference between LDL and triglycerides? Well, high levels of LDL are associated with less risk of brain changes. Uh, However, triglycerides reflect the amount of blood sugar, the amount of sugar and carbohydrates in the diet, not the amount of fat a person consumes. 
So really, it's the triglycerides that can be a problem. Now, there's a show called Full Measure with Cheryl Atkinson. Now, Cheryl Atkinson is a brilliant reporter. She's one of the few reporters uh, that are not bought and sold by, by the big industry. She is independent investigative journalist. Brilliant. Uh, she did a, um, a thing on Staten Wars, and it was uh, put out on November 4, 2018. But think of this. Lipitor, which was the most profitable drug in history. In fact, it was the first drug to cross the $10 billion mark. Statins are the most widely prescribed class of drugs to people over 40. One in four Americans over 50 is taking it. Now, here's the rub. The FDA says they have warning labels on it, on this drug that, that one in four Americans is taking over 50 liver damage, memory disorders, type 2 diabetes, and muscle problems. So what's the facts on this? I mean, you've got some people saying you've got to take it, and it's prescribed everywhere. Other people say it's dangerous. Well, look at the, look at the Open Journal of Endocrine and Metabolic Diseases, 2013. They say the ugly side of statins, systemic appraisal of the contemporary unknown of unknowns. Uh, quote, Naive, indiscriminate acceptance of novel mainstream therapies is not always advisable or prudent in requiring uh, unearthing harmful covert side effects. There is a categorical lack of critical evidence or clinical evidence to support the use of statin therapy in prevention. Furthermore, statins are associated with triple the risk of coronary artery and aortic calcifications. There's another a journal article, Scandinavian Cardiovascular Journal, 2011. The title of the article is The Cholesterol Hypothesis. Is it time for the obituary? Sure enough. And they go on to say, quote, but a little or no scientific backing that is relevant for the human species. Apparently, the hypothesis is false and should be buried. So what's the historical aspect of this? Where, where did cholesterol come from or that it's supposed to be associated with, with harm. So why is everybody on it? Well, let's go back to 1856. Um, Rudolf Virchow, he, he described atherosclerotic placking, and, it, and he thought it was from cholesterol deposits. And this is 1856. Uh, now, in 1913, Nikolai Anachikovo fed rabbits, okay, now rabbits are herbivore, fed them cholesterol from egg yolks and found that it developed hardening of the arteries or atherosclerotic placking. However, when he tried it with carnivores, he couldn't reproduce the results. So if you feed rabbits uh, egg yolks, uh, they develop placking of the arteries, but a rabbit's an herbivore. If you try that with carnivores, it doesn't work. So then 1953 comes around, and Ansel Keys felt that it was really dietary intake of fat, uh, sig uh, significantly correlated with serum cholesterol levels. And he did a six-country study, and it p appeared very convincing, but that the problem in the six countries that they selected um, from 22 overall countries, there was no correlation whatsoever uh, and if all the countries were included. So the study had some challenges in 1953. However, 
1986, Ansel Keys did a seven-country study, um, followed 12,000 middle-aged men, and recorded their diet and cholesterol values. Uh, now, also, there was the Framingham study, a number of different studies, and it was found that cholesterol levels had been slightly increased after a heart attack in healthy men. Therefore, it was claimed that high cholesterol was a risk factor for um, myocardial infarctions or heart attacks. However, when you look at the Framingham study, uh, 30 years follow-up, it showed that high cholesterol was not a risk factor for men over, over 47 years old and not at all a risk factor for women. And in fact, more men died of heart attacks uh, who had low cholesterol over those years. And they even worked up a, a factor for every milligram percent cholesterol had decreased, cardiovascular mortality and total mortality increased by 14 and 11%. So what about this seven-country study? Because Ansel Keys, a brilliant researcher, has been bad-mouthed a lot. And I don't think it's fair. And in fact, um, the seven-country study and the, of Ansel Keys, uh, when you look on the Internet, it says that, well, for one, the countries were selected and excluded based on the desired outcome. So he pre, pre, it, it's, it's alleged that he pre-selected the communities. He wiped out France on it because of the French paradox that they have a high saturated fat intake but a low um, cardiovascular disease. Uh, the dietary data in Greece was taken during Lent, and he thought that was, or that it's thought that that is a distortion. And sugar was not considered as a possible contributor to coronary heart disease. Now, get this, okay, the seven-country study began in 1958 to measure dietary habits and biomarkers of 12,700 men in seven different countries. So this is 1958, and we're looking at United States, Italy, Finland, Greece, Netherlands, Japan, and Yugoslavia, uh, which is now Croatia and Serbia. So this is only about 12 years after World War II. So the undertaking of this study was huge. And the brilliance of the study is they're looking for lifestyle biomarkers and heart disease. So this is revolutionary. Now, the data collection and analysis spanned decades, okay? And it was done concurrently with a number of different groundbreaking um, studies, including the Framingham study. Uh, now, ultimately, the seven-country study suggested a link between dietary, specifically saturated fat, and heart disease. They suggested it. However, the conclusion, which corroborated and other clinical and epidemiological evidence at the time, generated numerous hypotheses that it's inspired countless trials. What's interesting is that the critics believe that carbohydrate and not fat was the source of heart disease and illness. And in fact, the seven-country study never concluded that total fat intake should be restricted. And this is so. This is a misperception around its its methodology. In fact, total dietary fat was not associated with coronary heart disease. Now, so what about this? What what about the cholesterol hypothesis? Uh, according to the Scandinavian Cardiovascular Journal, 
uh, quote, in summary, we now have an overwhelming amount of scientific data that falsifies the cholesterol myth, so it's time to say goodbye to this old, ill-founded, and fallacious uh, lipid hypothesis. Now, there was a petition, and this petition was signed by a number of brilliant guys. The title of the petition was, Petition to the National Institute of Health seeking an independent review panel to reevaluate the National Cholesterol Education Program guidelines. Now, this was done back in 2004. They were questioning back 14 years ago on a number of studies and these, these group of uh, individuals that work for pharmaceutical industry, they're writing journal articles, and they're presenting this data saying that every American should have cholesterol levels of this. However, uh, and this is a quote from the, the uh, panel review, these recommendations have been criticized by some observers because the initial report in circulation failed to disclose that eight of the nine offers, authors had two financial relationships with drug companies. Uh, so if you get nine people writing an article um, on National Cholesterol Education Program, of the National Heart and Lung and Blood Institute, and most of these guys work for or are paid by the drug companies, do you think that their um, recommendations may be biased? Absolutely. Uh, this, this report goes on to say, we believe the evidence does not support extending these guidelines to women who are at moderately high risk of cardiovascular disease for prevention. And they go on to say, that what their guidelines that they used, um, they used six different studies. Not one of the six studies uh, provides significant evidence to support that it's a good idea. And later on, the guidelines admitted that studies supporting their recommendations are lacking, which means they don't exist. So the recommendations of getting uh, so many people on cholesterol-lowering drugs it doesn't have basis in science. Uh, for people uh, age 65 without heart disease, they cited nine references to support the claim that statin therapy effectively reduces their risk of developing heart disease. Not one of the nine studies provided significant evidence that statins protect senior citizens without heart disease. So think of this. You've got recommendations by a federal government agency, uh, eight of the nine doctors doing these recommendations have financial ties to the drug company, and a lot of the references they put on there uh, are not valid. Uh, another part that this petition goes on to say, quote, we believe the evidence in the five latest clinical trials for extending these guidelines to primary prevention uh, of patients with heart disease is, with diabetes is mixed. And again, they go on to look at diabetes. They look at the ALL-HAT trial, which again, this was a cholesterol-lowering trial that actually showed that people with lower cholesterol actually had poorer outcomes. Uh, I got to read this last part. Quote, the American people are poorly served when a government-sanctioned clinical recommendations, uncritically amplified by the media, misdirect attention and resources to expensive medical therapies may not be scientifically justified. Wow. Um, that's pretty powerful. 
so <laughs> I'm going to put the people that that put this op that that signed this petition, and you're looking at Harvard, you're looking at all the medical colleges around, and these guys are real doctors. Uh, great um, article from the British Medical Journal. Uh, this is the title of the article: "Lack of Association or an Inverse Association Between LDL Cholesterol." and mortality in the elderly, a systematic review. That's right. It turns out higher cholesterol rates had less mortality rates. Uh, quote, this finding is inconsistent with the cholesterol hypothesis. Since elderly people with high LDL live as long or longer than those with low LDL, our analysis provides reason to question the validity of the cholesterol hypothesis. Um, <laughs> Uh, when you look at this, even the Food and Drug Administration issued warning regarding the risk of diabetes and decreased cognition, cognition in, with statin drugs. And then you look at the World Journal of Cardiology. Uh, the title of the article is Cholesterol Confusion and Statin Controversy. This is out of 2015. What they're saying is uh, before 2005, there was a number of problems with a lot of different trials. And in fact, they had um, premature trial terminations, underreporting of adverse events, high number of patients, loss of follow-up, and oversight by the pharmaceutical company's sponsors. So now, in 2005, there were a bunch of trial reviews from Vioxx and Celebrex because there were so many people killed by these drugs. It's curious that... After 2005, they put new rules or regulations for um, trials. So statin trials conducted after 2005 had failed to demonstrate a consistent mortality benefit. Now, what, what is all this cholesterol stuff? According to the Mayo Clinic, LDL is bad, HDL is good. And they're saying that low-density lipoprotein builds up in the wall of the arteries, and makes them hard and narrow. Again, this is according to the Mayo Clinic. And they're saying that if you have high cholesterol, you may develop fatty deposits in your blood. Now, so what is, according, what is cardiovascular disease according to the Mayo Clinic? They say that it's narrowed or blocked blood vessels that can lead to heart attack, choke, or, st or stroke, or chest pain. However, the Journal of Circulation says that's not true. They say sudden cardiac death or coronary, acute coronary syndromes, they cannot be predicted or necessarily even associated with obstructive coronary artery disease. So think of that. So the Mayo Clinic is saying that, that it can cause it, but then you got the Journal of Circulation say it can't cause it. In fact, the plaque is made up, according to the National Institute of Health, of fat, cholesterol, calcium, and other substances found in the blood. Atherosclerosis can lead to serious problems, including heart attack, stroke, and even death. But what is the process? Why do arteries start to clog? Well, it's inflammation is the problem. And this is not inflammation like a dragon attacking you. Inflammation is a repair process for the body. So it really has to do with damage to the blood vessels. That's where the inflammation causes. It's really an oxidative response to inflammation. And in fact, 
if the low-density lipoprotein, the LDL particles, are oxidized by free radicals. So here's the problem. What's actually damaging the arteries? Well, all polyunsaturated oils, and this is going to be corn, canola, soy, cottonseed, all these polyunsaturated oils are, are a source of free radicals, which can damage the arterial wall. Now, this is out of the Journal of Atherosclerosis. And, and when you look at this, vegetable oils constrict blood vessels and increase platelet stickiness. So it's really the vegetable oils, the unhealthy um, polyunsaturated fats that damage the arteries, that cause the, the hardening of the arteries. And in fact, the macrophages, and these are immune system cells designed to get toxins away from the body, if they ingest the oxidized LDL particles, um, they can form foam cells, and this can actually damage, it's called an atheroma, or um, oxidized uh, LDL particle. And, and this is why doctors say LDL is bad and HDL is good. However, according to Dr. Ron Rosendale, and this is probably the definitive expert on cholesterol, it's really the inflammation that's the problem. Uh, quote, it would not seem very wise to merely lower cholesterol and forget about why it's there in the first place. Uh, then it would seem much smarter to reduce the extra need for cholesterol, like the excessive damage or the reason for chronic inflammation. End of quote. So think of this. It's not that cholesterol is high. It's that the more damage that you have, that you're going to require more cholesterol to repair the damage. So the cholesterol is produced in response to the tissue damage. It doesn't cause the tissue damage. Uh, now, we look at the Journal of Stroke. Listen to this, quote, since carbohydrate intake is associated with hardening of the arteries, of the large arteries within the brain, eating lower amounts of carbohydrates would be a wiser diet modification. See, carbohydrates, particularly the refined ones, are stored in that LDL particle in the form of triglycerides. So it's really the triglycerides that are the problem. Now, they did another study published in the New England Journal of Medicine called the Mr. Fit Trial. And they found out that people who had higher cholesterol rates had lower stroke mortality. In fact, the lowest was seen between 180 and 200. And mortality was substantially increased below 180 and above 240. So isn't that interesting? So it's not lower cholesterol is better. It's there's a range. Uh, and in fact, people who had hypocholesteremic, this means low cholesterol, they had higher incidence of stroke, depression, and cancer. Um, I love this article out of the Journal of the American Medical Association. Our findings do not support the hypothesis that hypercholesterolemia or elevations in LDL cholesterol are a risk factor for coronary heart disease. And in fact, the British Medical Journal found lowering serum cholesterol uh, didn't reduce mortality at all, and it's unlikely to prevent coronary heart disease. Uh, it's it's mind-boggling when you think you're you're second-guessing the intelligence of the body. You're giving a toxic substance that can cause diabetes, stroke, and cancer. One in four Americans is taking it. Uh, Where we gotta stop this psychosis. 
uh, one of the biggest problems with the statin drugs is that they cause heart failure. And they knew this <clears throat> when they were first uh, tested on in 1987 because they interfere with coenzyme Q. Now, the original parts or the original drug testing, they included coenzyme Q10 uh, because they knew that this drug depleted it and that depletion of that can damage the heart and the brain. So they added it in, but it was too expensive to produce the drug with coenzyme Q10, so they just left it off. When we look at expert review of clinical pharmacology, listen to this, quote, Thus, the epidemic of heart failure and hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis, that plagues the modern world may be paradoxically be aggravated by the pervasive use of statin drugs. We propose the current statin treatment guidelines be critically reviewed. No kidding. I mean, what about the Clinical Cardiology Journal? They say statin drugs decrease myocardial function. The Journal of Atherosclerosis if you use a statin drug, it increased prevalence and extent of plaques in the arteries. Uh, they stopped a trial out of the New England Journal of Medicine because the people that were using the statin drugs were dying at too great a rate. The CARE um, trial for breast cancer rates, those that were taking the statin, went up 1,500%. So wait a second, where does all this come from? Uh, we've got article after article after article. This one out of the British Medical Journal. Cholesterol is protective. Low cholesterols are associated with decreased survival from a stroke. So does this mean that if somebody has a stroke and they have elevations in cholesterol, that it's actually the body trying to protect itself? Wait a second. I hope you're sitting down. Does that mean the body is smart? Whoa. Amazing. Now, what's psychotic is the American Heart Association is still recommending the toxic liquid vegetable oils, such as canola, safflower, soybean oils. They're completely toxic, and those are the ones that create the free radicals, which can damage the blood vessels. Uh, they found out an increased omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acids may actually increase the risk of coronary heart disease and death. So look at healthy nutrients. Right now, switch to healthy fats. Okay, when you're looking at um, healthy fats, omega-3 to 6 ratio should be about a 1 to 1 ratio. So toxic oils need to be changed. Omega-3s protect you. Out of the Journal of the American Dietetic Association, we should give priority to reducing omega-6 fatty acids from vegetable oils. Absolutely well said. So what's the key to healthy cholesterol levels? Well, we know that statin drugs, to, to chemically alter your physiology, this leads to dementia, cancer, heart disease, hardening of the arteries, heart failure. It doesn't make sense. Uh, to know that they're ineffective if you're over 50. Let's just look at diet and exercise. Doesn't that make more sense? So how about vitamin D and K2 every day? What, what about the Journal of the American College of Nutrition? They found out that vitamin D deficiency um, was associated with the presence of coronary artery calcification. So does that mean that you just have to exercise, eat right, and, and your body's going to be okay? 
Absolutely. Uh, because when you look at this, there's um, Dr. Brandon Westover, Massachusetts General Hospital. Now, this guy at Harvard Medical School, and they wrote in the Archives of Neurology, quote, statins could increase the risk of a second stroke in patients outweighing any heart benefits from these drugs. So cholesterol-lowering drugs increase the risk of stroke. They damage how your body adapts to the environment. They increase hardening of the arteries and heart failure. And one in four Americans is taking it. Does anyone have a problem with this? Well, evidently, uh, the uh, 28 different people that signed the petition to the National Institute of Health seeking an independent panel review to reevaluate the National Cholesterol Education Program guidelines. We're talking hundreds of doctors are seeing that this um, false data that's pre been presented for one of the most profitable drugs in the history of our world, the first drug to cross the $10 billion mark, the first drug to cross the $10 billion in sales mark per year. Do you think that they can afford some TV advertising? Do you think that there may be some cash crossing the palms of some of these doctors writing the recommendations? Absolutely. So you got the doctors, the media, everyone is behind this. Now is when we change this world. Okay, it's time to take charge of your life. Realize that your body is self-healing and self-regulating. Anything that you put in the system that damages your system is going to cause your body to protect that system. And typically, elevations in cholesterol protect it. This is Dr. John Bergman. We're going to have this all tonight. But realize that cholesterol, you don't have good and bad. You have appropriate and appropriate. Makes sense. Doesn't it? This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. I want you to look in the mirror, walk by it, and smile. Why? Because you were made in the image and likeness of God. God bless you, and I love you. <laughs>